0: Welcome to Real Moms Talk, a fortnightly podcast by Life of Real Moms, where moms get together and chat about all things parenting. And now over to Nikita, the founder of Life of Real Moms and your host for this episode. Hello, I'm Nikita and I'm here today with three moms and we're all going to talk about uh, sustainable living. And of all the moms I know on social media, these three are on the top of the list of those who practice this with passion. I mean, these are the moms to look up to when you want to know more about sustainable living. So let us first start with uh, Kamna. Kamna. Hi everyone.
1: Basically, by profession, I'm a lactation counselor and I'm a mother of two kids. I have a social media handle. It's called My Cocktail Life. Basically, I just share what I've learned, my insights, my perspective, and my experiences. when I, mean, I don't post every day, but, uh, you know, I just, whenever something, you know, I learn or I realize that, you know, like th- I should be posting, that's when, you know, people see my post. It's not very often.
0: Uh, sushi?
2: Hi, I'm Sushi. Um, I'm a founder of Beachwalk Muse. That's my Instagram handle, and um, I have three kids. I'm raising them vegan. I homeschool them. Um, we aim to live a very slow life and aspire to achieve uh, a bit more of a sustainable life. Of course, we are not there yet, but we are trying, and that's what I like to share on my Instagram and my Facebook as well.
3: Tara? I'm Tara. I am uh, momming baby T on uh, social media. Essentially, I started my blog because I wanted to talk about um, the ways in which we were bringing up our child, uh, which included a lot of breastfeeding and uh, clot diapering, and also the you know um, how we were following natural parenting principles. And I think uh, I did not, I don't see, I didn't see it back then, but it was my um, overall attempt to spread the word for sustainable living, um, you know, and get more and more people to read and understand what it's all about and perhaps adopt it. So, um, you know, I always say that even if I influence one more person to um, breastfeed exclusively or cloth diaper, uh, my, my aim in having Mommy baby tea is done. (laughs) I I switched to cloth diapers because of you. So yes. Um, To be honest, and don't hate me for this, my ladies, Sushi and Kamna. So I used to, you know, think that um, all these uh, earth warriors and, you know, uh, people who used to turn vegan, etc. were going cuckoo and, you know, I mean, I thought that it didn't matter. But when I had my child, I realized that, you know, it's uh, so important to uh, uh, conserve what we have and use it in moderation and uh, leave behind a good legacy for our children and uh, I think you know that having a child and having him in my arms almost transformed me overnight and I suddenly um, you know uh, started to look at every little thing that I do uh, that we did as a family with our child with the way we lived our lives with the, the way we ate everything and I think um, that sort of pushed me to uh, be a better person, a better human being before uh, being anything else for him and it's just a need and desire to see a better world and leave behind a better world for him that um, I started living and uh, adopting sustainable living. Um, Yeah, so that's it. Okay. So
0: um, let us go back to Kamna. Uh, Your parents uh, followed a very minimalistic lifestyle. And from minimalism, you switch to sustainable living, like you're doing much more than just uh, focusing on buying fewer things, right? You also are very conscious about what you buy. And you are also conscious about what you uh, or, or, you know, After buying, when you discard those things, like what goes into waste and how that affects our environment, like how, how did that switch happen? Like, was there a major moment in your life that influenced this decision or was it just a very, uh, you know, natural flow from what you were already doing?
1: Regarding the sustainable living, I was already following minimalism before, uh, you know, I got married with my parents only. My parents always used to tell me that, you know, you have to use something which you can take the worth out. Don't buy anything just for the heck of buying. It will make your life much more easier. Uh, What they ingrained in my mind, it's still there. And uh, once I became mother, I think I got more conscious and selfish because, you know, I could see that whatever choices I'm making is affecting my, my child's future. So that just pushed me and I started, you know, noticing the people and my life, like, how can I bring changes? I started reading more. And of course, uh, you know, one of the first steps that you can take, I'm not judging anybody, but of course, uh, you know, as a first step towards the sustainable living was breastfeeding for me. Like, that's like, that's like no cost at all. There's no cost going, there's nobody's getting affected and... And that, that's how, you know, it all started. Basically, the passion for my breastfeeding actually gave me more weight towards the sustainable living. So like you said, it was, a, you know, it was a natural flow or I would say a transition. So it's always like you take one step and then start taking next steps and reach towards your goal. So it was the same with me. So I would take one step and, you know, the doors for the next step, Or like automatically will open. So, and I'm still learning, I'm not saying that I'm like living a zero waste lifestyle. I'm certainly living a less waste lifestyle and more conscious towards what steps I'm taking in my life and how are they impacting the life of others. I've become more conscious and uh, nothing happened like suddenly in my life that made me change this, uh, my current life, my previous lifestyle into this current lifestyle. It it just, I, as I said, it just started happening automatically. Like it started with breastfeeding and then I found it baby wearing. So it, and flawed diapering. So it, it was all like it's like a transition, I would say.
0: So Sushi, coming to you, you are Bengali and bengalis are crazy about fish if i'm not wrong yes. from from going from there to veganism that is like a major major lifestyle change so tell us more about how that happened
2: well i can't actually think of what made me turn vegan to be very very honest that there's no precise moment or realization or a story to share but um i think when roshan was born and he reached his sixth month and i was thinking about what to feed him i started researching on the solids i want to introduce to him the kind of food i want to i wanted to make sure everything that goes into his body is healthy and it was around that time i also started to think about um, what do i how do i want to influence um, him what kind of person i want him to become in the sense that that I want him to be aware of his environment. I want him to be um, making conscious decision. I don't want him to become uh, a consumer, just another consumer of things. And that's when uh, I kind of, I was surrounded by some vegan friends at the time. And like Nain Tara just mentioned as well, I also used to think like, oh my God, vegan friends are coming over. What an inconvenience. (laughs) We saw him in the house But somehow i started reading into it and i started realizing actually going vegan is more than just ethical and moral in today's times um it's one of the easiest way and the most um immediate way to contribute towards sustainability because at the end of the day meat and dairy industry is causing a lot of pollution and so i think that kind of that's the reason why I kind of started leaning towards veganism because I thought it's like one label, but actually there's so many things that within this vegan label, it's it's a broader spectrum now, it's not just about animal welfare.
1: Also, I would like to add is that uh, the amount of deforestation that has been happening just to raise these livestock basically you know, I mean, the amount of food that is being grown just to feed these livestock so that we can eat these livestock. It's just like, it just, I don't understand the, you know, whole, link. so basically, No, that, yeah.
2: that's something I thought of as well, like, if, if my child is going to eat all these nutrition from these animals, I might as well feed these yeah, to, especially if we are enough, <laughs> I now, I have, I have to also point out that, we are privileged enough to be able to, that the vegan food is available to us and we can afford most of the food, the alternative food. So it is not about, oh, everybody in the world should go vegan. It's not about everybody in the world has to go vegan or anything like that. You have to make the most of the means you have around you. I have the option of contributing to this planet by going vegan. I can afford it. I have it available, easily available here, and my children are thriving on it. So they are good incentives for me to follow that path. But I think it is important to remember that not everybody can go vegan, but there are so many different ways we can contribute nonetheless.
0: Exactly. And one of them is... um... Okay, before that, so Nayantara, you are the uh, popular cloth diapering queen. I think anybody, when we mentioned <laughs> cloth diapering, so we did a small poll on Instagram asking for references for more oh, wow. who would help out with cloth diapering. And guess whose name was on top of the list, like 90% oh, really? of the people. Yes, 90% <laughs> of the people took your name. So Wow, I'm, I'm um, amazed. So I I understand the amount of research you've done because you know the different yeah. types of fabrics, the different uh, materials that they are made from, the different types of diapers there are. So for somebody to go that deep into a subject, there ha- it has to come from you know a place of yeah. curiosity as well as passion. So tell us how that happened.
3: So um, I think uh, you know I think I was still in. Uh, the last trimester of my pregnancy, when I discovered cloth diapering, and uh, initially when I heard cloth diapers, I was like, what? Cloth diapers? Ye uh langot hoga. And uh, when I actually discovered how uh, amazing they are, you know, they are waterproof, they are made of cloth, they hold overnight, uh, they can be washed, reused. I mean, it just amazed me that, you know, this is something that can exist and it's so functional and it's so wonderful because it can be reused for you, your child, your first child, your second child, you can then give it to somebody else, um, you know, and, um, you pass it on to people down the line. And, um, I spent a lot of time reading up on the various brands and, uh, you, you know, um, uh, exploring the various brands that exist across the world. I don't think there's any cloth type of brand that I've not tried. tried. <laughs> so I'm not very proud of that. Okay. I, I don't think I should have spent so much money, but um, uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, I really was very intrigued with that. Um, researched a lot, read up a lot, understood how, what kind of detergents work, what kind of issues happen, how does, hard water react with cloth diapers etc so i i think if i had only you know put my heart and soul to into any other subject i could have gone really high places today <laughs> but uh, nonetheless i think you know it gave me a chance to work with one of my favorite cloth diaper brands which is super bottoms and uh, we did some really good work together and a lot of ideas and thoughts and i'm really happy Uh, That I got the chance to actually put all my research and understanding into helping another brand. Um, Yeah, I mean, at three years, Tasmai today is still using cloth diapers. We have not completely potty trained. So, you know, I see the benefits of cloth diapering myself. We've not bought a single tube of rash cream ever. So that's a lot of savings. Um, with my existing stash of cloth diapers that I invested in the first year, I'm still going strong, and I hope to pass on, you know, once Tasma is done, I hope to pass on the diapers to somebody else. So, so at least so,
0: it, it was not a waste, like you invested a lot of no, money, not at all, not it's at cost all. Cost. It is, so, yeah, it is. This is the cost point of view of cloth diapers. How does that tie in with our sustainable uh, so, living?
3: um, well, basically, you know, if you see, um, One cloth diaper, and if you compare, you know, um, one disposable diaper that you use takes, you know, tens of thousands of years to sort of completely decompose. So I think, you know, in a month, easily, even at this stage, um, people would get through, you know, like, say, 40 to 50 diapers a month. And uh, just imagine that, you know, I, as a single person, over the 36 months that Tasme has been with us, We've avoided about forty to fifty diapers per month. That's you know I I'm not I'm not so great at math. Maybe you can help me, but uh, you know that's thousands of diapers saved off the planet. And uh, we've done cloth diapering when we were sick, when we were traveling, when we were um, you know uh, wherever and whenever we've just, we've cloth diapered through it all. So I think just my o- own single efforts at not putting disposable diapers out there on the earth. Would have done some good to this planet, and I'm sure there are lots of women out there like me. There are lots of families out there like me. So cumulatively, we've you know put uh, saved the earth from so much non-degradable uh, waste. So uh, let us start again one
0: by one. Um, what are the things that you do? Easy, simple things that in day-to-day life that if somebody wanted to make a switch without putting too much thought and effort and you know or making a major lifestyle change small things that you do that others can implement if they want to that will help uh, towards you know building a better future and how will they help who wants to go first I am. I am okay with anything.
2: Anyway. Can I um? Can I go back to? I'm um, just suddenly realised. I don't know why I didn't speak earlier. Uh, but I just realised about cloth nappies. When you asked about the cost effectiveness, can I add to that saying? I have also done cloth nappies uh, for Roro. And uh, in terms of cost-effectiveness, as Sarah said, we'd you, be using thousands of disposables. But if you put the money together for the amount you spend on disposable in a lifetime of a child, you'll see a substantial difference when you see how much you've invested in a nappy cost-wise. On top of that, if you consider my place, I actually bought second-hand nappies for Roshan from my friends. Amen. Um, Amen. So the cost was even like lower than any Hmm. brand new cloth nappy mummy. you know you know what i mean like it it was so so minimalistic i might have spent um i think 200 pounds that it's really nothing if you just buy second hand and every now and again i'll buy one or two new ones or i'll get sent a new one for review but apart from the review stuff and one or two new stuff i've bought i actually didn't invest that much because also i've also earned by selling my nappies the brand new ones i received i've sold them and i've made money so <laughs> the the nappies actually hold their resale value so well that you actually can have some money to yourself after your child has 40 trained. So, and then you can invest that into something else
1: so i wanted to tell first that uh you know you don't have to think as a you know uh, complete like you don't have to completely change your life suddenly into a sustainable life that first of all that's not possible and second of all it's just like you know uh, you have to you know look around and see what all changes you can bring in your daily lifestyle for example start in with like how you can reduce you know using plastic in your kitchen that's like i think the first step that everyone should be following And even even if you're using plastic, so that doesn't mean that you just have to, you know, throw it one day, like because you have decided that you'll be living a sustainable lifestyle, and because at the end it's gonna be going into the landfill. So, uh, so the idea is that you know you just take uh, one step at a time, and then you know you. Otherwise, it gets very overwhelming, And, and especially when you're when you are in a family, you have your husband or in laws. You have to talk about all these. Things, all these changes, you know, uh, like how you can bring together instead of one person. Because I have so many people, you know, they've told me that, you know, we want to follow this lifestyle, but my partner is not ready or my in laws are not ready. So you really need to talk, uh, sit and talk as a family, think about or, you know, make your partner read all the articles that you are reading, uh, that how it's going to impact the current lifestyle and the future lifestyle
0: that seems to be pretty simple and straightforward actually Plastic. yeah actually
1: you know what the people think that a sustainable lifestyle is very difficult to follow mm. but let me tell you something it's like the easy. it makes your life so simple and easy that you are actually more like less stressful like that's what happened to me i mean mm. i'm like uh, it's like, I, I think that's like the best thing that has happened to me is like my house is like, I don't buy, I don't buy anything like Ikea open Hyderabad. It's been like so many months. I just went once just to see like what exactly if people are like, are people buying the things that they need or they want? Oh. So, <laughs> so it's like people message and say that your house is very clean. It's because I don't buy much stuff. I don't because I buy stuff only the things that I need. Majority of the stuff in my house is either pre-lapped, including the bookshelves or, you know, if, uh, the mattresses or whatever. Uh, so it's just that, uh, you know, people think that it's very difficult to follow a sustainable lifestyle. It's not. And, uh, you know, like Sushi said, you don't have to be a vegan just to turn into a, you know, a to, you know, create a less impact. It can be a number of ways. It can be, you know, start by reducing plastics, start by, you know, reducing uh, buying plastic toys or, you know, waste segregation that needs so much awareness in India, especially, like a lot of people don't know. Uh, though there are many initiatives that has been started by the government, but, uh, you know, majority of, majority of the population do, doesn't even know what waste segregation means.
0: Mm. So, these are the things that, you know, one can easily start doing at
3: home.
0: Leantara, what about you? I read a very interesting post many months ago about 20 ways that you can save water.
3: Yeah, that was actually a sponsored post for a company. But, you know, when I started writing that, I actually realized that, you know, uh, there are small ways in which uh, uh, I personally, of course, I've learned this from my mom. So, what she does is when she soaks anything, um, especially, Uh, She cleans vegetables or she's cleaning uh, pulses, dal, rice, or she's cleaning uh, fish. She stores the water and she, you know, actually uses that to water the plants. So um, there's no special round of uh, plant watering watering that happens in our day. So um, there's a bucket which is kept in the kitchen. We fill that up with water whenever, you know, throughout the morning, whenever we're cooking. And then that water is used to actually... um, what are the plants so um, you know I follow that here although I don't do too much of cooking here but whenever I do I try and uh, um, you know soak all the pulses in water first firstly it helps them to cook faster you save a lot of energy and uh, you know money via that and the water, of course, comes into use. It doesn't go down the drain. Also, you don't need to use what you know. You know, like four or five changes of water to clean the dal. Perhaps you know, just one one time or two times is enough to um, clean it off. Correct.
0: And I I remember reading a couple of interesting things. Uh, one thing that stuck in my head was uh, if it's yellow let it mellow if it's brown <laughs> let it down. and i was like i i agree with the second part it's just a little confusing with the first one i mean um, how 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 does that work in real life
3: so so this <laughs> I actually i know
0: how it works i know how it works
3: but it's as the as so when you go to the loo to pee i yeah. don't flush you know okay. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's, it's light yellow in color. Or,
1: or, or you tell oh. your husbands not to pee in the pot. They can pee in the washroom. That's the benefit of having a penis. Same.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, I actually save water by not flushing multiple times when I go to the, to the washroom. And, you know, I, I usually go two, three times and then flush or, you know, obviously when it's, uh, you know, so that's the brand. That really, yeah. Question: Does it smell? Uh, no. I mean, if there's a lo- long gap, perhaps you know, My then it might. It. Yeah. But uh, if it's uh, frequent peeing, especially you know, uh pregnancy kind of incontinence, kind of peeing that we all moms know about,
0: and so it doesn't. Glasses of water every day. Yeah. And you rush
2: to the bathroom every <laughs> few hours. Yes. Oh yeah, exactly. So it doesn't also do with this toileting we don't flush all the time either but then what I do is every time one of my kids or anybody has a bath I Mm. save that bath water and I start using that bath water it's a little bit of a hassle I have because my bathroom and my toilet are two separate rooms so I have to take a mug and I have to move around but somehow that that is so much better because it's nice, soapy water as well. So there is no risk of the toilet smelling because, but I'm at the same time, I'm not wasting water. I'm just reusing the water my kids have just had a bath in, just not letting it drain out just like that. And just using it in the toilet. Or I wash my dogs with that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think conservation water is such a serious issue and we are not talking about it at all. And people are just thinking because it's coming through the tap, they think that, you know it's easily available but it's actually not uh bangalore has already been told that uh, you know the ground zero day will come very soon africa already experienced south africa actually experienced it and uh, they started making changes and the date got pushed to one month to next month to next month so so just because they knew that water water going to get finished in their uh, city, they started making the changes and now the date has been pushed. So that's what I'm saying, like, you know, small, small changes makes a very big impact. For example, you know, I don't give my kids uh, like a tub bath. I don't let them take a tub bath. If for me, like a one bucket of water is enough for both of my kids to give them the bath. So I think that that's a lot of wastage. Are you using bubble first of all? So I don't believe in bubble bath. So I've, my kids have never <laughs> taken bubble bath. So so that's how I conserve water. And of course, the RO water that you know that we use and the discarded RO water, you can always save it. And basically, what we do is like we uh, we have a steel uh, container which has a tap to it. And we use that uh, discarded ro water. We collect that discarded RO water in that and we tell the maid to, you know, wash the dishes with the same water so that it's running via tap so that she doesn't whine about like, I cannot wash it.
0: <laughs> Keeping the maids happy is equally important, right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Sushi, what yeah, about I mean, you?
1: That's Sorry. a totally different topic. <laughs>
0: Made worse should be another discussion altogether.
1: Well, I feel like, you know what, the days when they don't come now, I feel like my life is so much easier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Sushi, what about you? Uh, what about me? Like to share. Yeah.
2: Right, the different ways I try to be sustainable um, at the moment, I'm trying, it, it keeps on evolving and changing. There's so many different ways um, I try to change. Um, So one of the things I have started doing is um, I've invested in a few reusable grocery bags so when I go shopping um, I take the bags with me and in England actually by law now you have to pay money to take a plastic bag from a supermarket so that's already a great initiation and people don't want to pay money to get a plastic bag so they carry their own bag but i think it's really useful like just to invest in a few they're not very expensive and in the long run it just it just lasts you a long longer it's like i have jute bags and cloth bags like tote bags and stuff they easily go in my nappy bag i don't have nappies but i still carry nappy bag Uh, but um, that comes handy, and another very um, important thing I want to mention is sanitary pads, yes. for women. I
0: um, was
2: about to I, come to Good, yeah. So, I use a um, menstruation cup and I also use sanitary pads. And I just I just realized when I was uh nap, using nappies for Roshan. that's when I started realizing, okay, we also use something similar, so what about that? And then I started reading and I realized this something like 100 billion sanitary pads getting disposed. I don't even know how many zeros are there in a billion but hundred billion um, sanitary pads get disposed every year and it just fills up the landfill right it, it, you can't it, you can't uh, recycle it, you can't do anything with it and that's when I came across all these alternatives and I remember my mom saying, that when you were a teenager and I told you that we used to use all saris and they <laughs> used to hold up all saris and use it. I, I went like, oh, no, that's not good. That's not hygienic and stuff like that. And I feel like we are kind of reinventing the wheel. Like we're going mm. back a little bit and we're trying to say so it's kind of um, it's it's not about adopting a new trend. I mm. think culturally and um. Uh, We we already have these things, we've already, we've had these things, but the brands have somehow made us believe we need more things and we've gone into this whole, I think consumerism, consumer behavior is one of the things I'm very conscious about as well as a consumer. I don't want to be one of those consumers who ends up buying and buying and buying more things because of convenience. We have a very busy life. And so the brands sell us these things because obviously sanitary pads, for instance, you don't have to wash them and things like that. But it's not hard work. Once you get into the hang of things, it's just one other thing to wash with your clothes, you know. So it's just putting that in your mind. It's just changing the mindset. And... Sometimes I do have to say some of the alternatives to sustainability. For instance, um, I was just thinking about reusable cups. I do carry a reusable cup. So when I go to a cafe I and I want to take away a coffee with me, I actually give them my cup and they refill it up. But this cup alone is really expensive. It's £12. And I was thinking not everybody can afford this fancy bamboo cup. So I think sometimes um you just have to abstain yourself from doing certain things you know what i mean it sounds crazy but sometimes you you have to see if you really care about the planet then you have to kind of make the decisions that there are certain things i can't afford but doesn't mean or that doesn't mean just because i can't afford the sustainable thing i should go for the non-sustainable things if you don't need it like i'm never saying If you can do without it, I can live without no coffee one day, you know, a takeaway coffee, then, then that's fine. Maybe sit down for five minutes. It's probably good for your mental health as well to sit down and drink your coffee and think about your life a little bit. Now, my husband and I were discussing about consumer behavior and the thing like the less you buy, it's probably really healthy for you as well, you know, you're not thinking about money, you're not thinking about waste and you're not constantly thinking about oh skip us yeah we mude or that 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 person's child has this toy oh I want this for my kid as well yeah. I I don't even buy clothes for my children. I'm I mean all the clothes Roshan wears even when I do little posts about micro fashion Roshan what Roshan's wearing in a day. No I, actually those clothes are all given by my friends and Roshan's a very small baby so I actually get lots of clothes from all my friends the same age as roshan they're all same as 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 roshan but roshan is young like littlest so he still fits in everyone's clothes and i constantly keep getting clothes from everyone and you know what they are all buying nice stuff and they last longer and they just pass it on because i can't afford i can't afford organic clothes i can't afford linen clothes or anything like that but i do wear them my kids wear them but they are all passed down by somebody or the other. So that's 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 one of the ways you can also reduce wasted just by
3: not buying. Okay, so one of the things that uh, we did for Dasma's birthday in December was that um, we uh, we gave him no gifts. You know, so Dasma has a lot of toys. He has a lot of books. And um, we just decided this year, we were also very broke, but, uh, you know, we decided that... Uh, this year let's do something different and gift him experiences so uh we uh we gave him no we bought him absolutely no gifts he got a birthday cake etc but uh from mommy and daddy he got no gifts we took him to a fire station instead and uh he still talks about that day he still remembers lo- watching all the fire trucks he wants to go back and watch the videos and the photos of it um so i think we succeeded it it left us with a very happy feeling. Um, you know, somewhere I thought that, you know, maybe at the end of the day, during the birthday itself, we will feel guilty that we didn't get him a gift-wrapped box, etc. But it actually left us with our hearts happier and lighter. Um, so next year, my aim is to ensure that nobody else also gives him a gift. That's going to be a little tough, but uh, I tried it this year. It didn't work, but I'm trying that. I have 12 months to prepare for that.
2: <laughs> I, I Can I add something to that as well? That we... Um... We did something really similar, but for Christmas, because this year, um, Irene didn't get any Christmas present and we were feeling really bad because family had sent presents for all the kids. They had few parcels, but um, we didn't. We we, we decided we we're going to get Irene um, a horse riding present, which she's been wanting for a long time. So she didn't actually receive anything, but, she, but this is going to be... Like going on, her Christmas is going to last longer because he's going exactly. to be getting the letters regularly. And um, then one of my um, family members asked, what do you guys want for Christmas? And I actually asked for um, a membership. We have something called a national trust. So what it does is it helps you visit different um woods or castles and things like that and they all have entry fee which are quite expensive uh, but if you have a national trust membership it's free but we as a family can't afford that membership just can um so when my family asked what do you want i said oh can you give us the membership as a present if it's in your budget then that's all sorted for a whole year we can just i can use that that's as wonderful. a home- as well for my kids we can go and visit places so even when people ask us what do you want it's always nice to think of different things that are useful and fun but they're not just something you hold on to for a bit
0: coming back to you Kamna um, along with uh, all of the waste and all of that you are also very conscious about the kind of clothes you wear or where you buy them from
1: right
0: yeah so Tell us more about that.
1: Like uh, okay. how can so how can clothes go. be
0: bad for the environment? Basically, that's the question.
1: The problem is like what kind of clothes people are wearing, and that's the problem. In the world of in this era where the fast fashion is the trend, and you know, every day the fashion is changing. And, you know. Also, the social media is adding to it that, you know, you see bloggers wearing this kind of clothes, that kind of clothes, and then you, you know, you just want to buy it. Um, I'm not judging anybody, but that is the truth that, you know, I mean, we see people wearing clothes and then we want to buy the same, but we don't know that, you know, those people have been paid by the fast fashion companies to, you know. Uh, to To show people that you know how their clo- how they can feel good in their clothes, how look better they can look in their clothes. So basically, they are just thriving on our insecurities, and uh, they are just just you know producing more and more clothes. I mean, if you have heard of the sweatshops running in Bangladesh, especially, it's like they don't have any labor laws, and the kind of condition in which they are working is so pathetic. They are not being paid properly. And all these companies I'm talking about are like the big brands who are running these kind of shops, who are not at all, uh, you know, following the fair trade policy with any of the workers. Uh, other than that, if you keep the, you know, fair trade pricing aside, the kind of cotton that is used in BT cotton, it's, it's, stored, it's full of pesticides, it's full of, uh, you know, chemicals. Uh, the number of farmers who have committed suicide in India are majority of the cotton farmers. So Monsetto is a seed company that basically came to India and they brought their own seed and they told the farmers that look, you know, it's going to give you better yield and then what happened was when farmer bought those seeds from the company, which was costing so high, and then, you know, uh, they realized that, oh, the, pes- you know, the, uh, the worms are still coming, our yield is getting impacted. So they will go back to the same company, they will buy the pesticides, they will buy the fertilizers, and then they will add it to the plant. So it got, they got stuck into this vicious circle and so much uh, loan got added to it that farmers started committing suicide. And all because that, you know, we as a consumer want clothes. We don't, we are not in the need of the clothes. We just want clothes. We want to wear them. And that's why these companies are fulfilling our wants, basically. And uh, and let's not talk about that. the amount of energy and water that, like that day, Sushi and I was discussing that, you know, the amount of water that is used in producing one jeans which is like five liters of water that's like an insane amount you know so five thousand I- sorry
2: five thousand liters of water for one jeans yeah One pair of jeans, not five liters.
0: And I also was following your stories about, uh, you know, you were looking for an organic brand that made jeans, but then they turn out to be very expensive. And which is. That's
1: why I wrote that, you know, it's okay if it's not a sustainable brand. I'll make sure that, you know, I'll use that jeans at least for 10 years. Yeah. So that I make the worth of it. So. Uh, 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 my choice was not sustainable at least my act was sustainable
0: correct so so basically you're saying if the product itself is not sustainable if you make it last longer and you don't keep buying over and over again that way you're still not damaging the environment as much
1: much. see these things existed when our parents like you know when our parents were young as well Hmm. right but they knew how to use it I personally feel like, you know, our like previous generation knew the worth of the thing. They would buy the things that they always needed, not want. And here it's now because everything is so readily available. Everything is so cheap. And let's not forget the amount of dyes that chemical dyes that goes into these clothes. Against. They are so harmful for the environment because they are at the end going into the rivers. And from the rivers, they are going into the sea, which is impacting the marine life and the same water we are drinking basically so speaking of things Ah, sorry sorry go on resources important resources i mean come on water is such an important resource and we are just misusing it i mean just we cannot stay without water for two days we'll die that's like the first need of, of a human being and what if that gets over those clothes will be of no use
0: Absolutely. So uh, speaking of uh, harming the water with chemicals, uh, shampoos do that too. And I know all three of you don't use shampoos. None of you, right? Yeah. Nobody. I mean, yeah. like I, I I'm sorry, I am guilty of using shampoos, but for the uninitiated audience who might be watching, you guys use a method called as the no poo method, where the yes. poo is the is a short form of the word shampoo. So yeah. who, who wants to take the lead on that and tell us what it is? And I
1: just I just realized it's been like twenty days I've not washed my hair. <laughs>
0: twenty days? Yeah and is there no like stimulus? i have washed
1: it with the water like i've rinsed okay. it with the water but i've not used anything like nothing like zero
0: <laughs> and how does your hair feel
1: i've always felt good it's like the brushing is the technique basically you know to you know circulate the oil that your hair are releasing so that's okay. what i do um, i i invested in a good brush and thankfully it's working well for me
0: okay okay no poo method who wants to go
2: I would like to add, um, I am not completely no poo method at the moment, um, I do use a shampoo uh, but not um, every time I wash my hair and the shampoo I use is completely natural so it's not it's not very harmful for the water or anything like that um, and I also use um, a refill shampoo so we have a shop here um, and you can just take your bottle with you and they yeah. refill it up for you Um. So no poo method doesn't work for my children. I mean, this is one thing, like when you live in a family unit, you can't expect everybody to do the same thing. Um, Like my husband still uses um, a very chemical shaving cream. I got him a very nice shaving cream, which is chemical free and everything, but it doesn't work for him. And that's absolutely fine. So in terms of speaking about no poo method, I use this shampoo... um, Every 15 days or so maybe maybe once a month sometimes I forget but otherwise uh, what I use is I don't just wash my hair with water I have a little spray bottle in my shower and it has water and apple cider vinegar um, and a little bit of lavender oil in it and what I do is I once in a while put a little bit of baking soda in my hair And rinse it off and then as a conditioner I use that vinegar and water spray um, and then just give it a little rinse and then that's it. Uh, Over time initially I think it took me about six weeks um, for my hair to feel okay initially when you make the shift your hair feels really dirty, you will feel like an urchin, It just like it's horrible. It just feels oily, it smells, you also lose a lot of hair. So all of these things normal and it will put somebody off, somebody who doesn't have the patience and who is worrying about their hair too much, but actually over time, Some people don't have that longer scale. I guess my hair was full of chemicals. It needed six weeks. So you're thinking of detoxing. So you're detoxing your skin and your scalp and your hair and hair follicles and everything. So for me, it took me six weeks for to feel normal. And then I went to India. And when I went to India, I started sweating a lot more because in England, you don't sweat so much. And India and pollution, Mumbai and pollution was just... Oh, my God. So I ended up using shampoo there. Then when I came back, I somehow have not completely transitioned to no poo. So what I do is ever since I've only started using shampoo like once a month and I'm cutting it down all over again, trying to cut it down and take it out. But it's I still haven't quite gone back to 100% no poo method, but I am still doing it because I totally believe in it and it works. It's just sometimes when my baking powder is not there or when my vinegar is not there in the house and I can't be bothered and I really want to wash my hair and it's feeling really dirty because I live by the beach as well. So my house, my clothes, my hair, everything has sand all the time. I smell of seaweed all the time. So sometimes I feel like I do need something that smells nice, okay? So sometimes every now and again, I will use a shampoo and I don't feel guilty about it. It it is so good that even if you ingest a little bit in your body, it's not bad for you. So I know if I can eat it, then it's okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, Same here. I don't think, you know, that I uh, am um so uh, rigid on my no poo thing um i do use however a shampoo which does not have silicones parabens and you know i think uh, if you want to go sustainable but you are afraid of um, you know or you don't have the t- kind of bandwidth or the time to use natural stuff in your hair just choose a product which is low in silicones parabens etc., slas etc Uh, That in itself, if you keep that off the water supplies, that is a good um, thing you're doing for the environment.
1: Right. Like, uh, I mean, for my daughter's hair, I cannot, you know, go for the no-poo method because her hair is so curly. So I have to use the shampoo shampoo, uh, from the shop and one lady makes it and that's what we use for her. And rest for me and my son and for my husband. I mean, they just use the bath powder and I just
0: don't use anything. Okay, I think we've almost been talking for an hour, uh, yeah. close to an hour.
1: This and... is like
0: a never-ending topic. Huh? I know, I know. <laughs> that's what I was about to say, yeah, I wanted like... to I wanted to cover cloth pads. I think we did a pretty fast, uh, you know, we covered fast fashion and all of that. I, I'm sure there is still a lot to talk about. Um, and uh, let me just go over this once more. Maybe we can do a part two if, if you know, we feel like there is uh, much left. But is there something that you guys want to add before we wrap up?
3: um i just wanted to talk about oil cleansing is um, something that i do and uh, so when i uh, you know started um, using low silicon low paraben stuff and uh, i also saw that you know as sushi said her hair started behaving uh, was detoxing and it took her that much time to get back to her natural hair um, all of us are you know born with obviously chemical free hair. And over the years you use chemicals, colors, you do things to your hair, etc. It's your hair actually has layers and layers of chemicals and harmful stuff. So when you, you go on to a, you know, a no poo system, your hair takes that much time to sort of detox and cleanse and come back to its natural form. So for me, um, you, I'm sure you would have seen my photos with my curly hair. Um, you know, So when I use, I I, I do co-washing, which is basically using a conditioner to wash your hair. And, um, uh, you know, I don't use a shampoo at all. I just use a conditioner. And um, so what the conditioner does is it just moistens and softens your curls. And for uh, curly people like me, that is the best treatment that you can give your hair. And my hair is actually so much more softer um, you know, nicer, and uh, it's it's because this is what my natural hair is. You know, it's it's stripped, devoid of all the chemicals, and uh, you know, my hair is in its natural form. So, coming from this, I also realized that. Face wash is one of the things that all of us use, you know, and we can't live without face wash. Wherever we go, you would pack one and take along with you. I wanted something which would be, um, you know, a natural face cleanser. And I um, chanced upon oil cleansing, which is basically using oil to cleanse your hair, uh, face, sorry, skin. So oil cleansing is used to take off makeup. Um, you know from your face but um, it's also a very good regular cleansing mechanism and uh, your face actually glows at the end of it there will be a detox which happens with your skin on the face too but after that period once your face finds its rhythm you will actually be able to step out without using makeup your face is so good after oil cleansing Right. well
2: what i wanted to also say was um like because our audience is going to be indian here i I'd, I'd like to add that you know when we were kids and we had these corner shops for groceries i remember going and buying like mommy used to write a list right yeah. and i think it's time to go back to um, those right. shops again i think right. we give importance to, i think it's really important to um go back to those days and support the independent shops because yeah. what we can do is we can bring our own containers we can bring our so we can reduce plastic we yeah. can reduce pollution because there's less transportation cost as well uh involved in that and foods relatively fresh because we go to the fresh vegetable market and we buy it from there rather than supermarket who, who are buying from just one massive farm and then make traveling all over transporting the food everywhere um so i would say um i to all the indians and non-indians out there i would just say go back to the corner shops and start buying your groceries right. from those shops because you can save money you can save plastic and those people actually i need of money when i went to india and i saw all my cousins were doing big shop shopping from the dmart and all these big markets and i was saying what's wrong with the corner shop just near your house you don't even have to drive to the massive supermarket you can just go to their shop and get it and i just think it's really time we support them and same goes for clothing in india we have this a uh, mindset of secondhand clothes are not nice but right. i think we need to get out of that mindset as well a little bit ask your friends ask your family or i don't know if i was in india i think one of the things i would do is start a secondhand shop a charity shop where I would collect all the clothes and the money we earn a part of it can go to some charity it's such a good we have it all over here in England I think India could do with charity shops because they clean clothes and most of the time when I go to charity shops what happens is I find brand new clothes brand new clothes untouched toys because well we live in a world of consumerism people are buying so many things sometimes they go through oh we're gonna have a wardrobe cleanup and then they realize oh this is out of fashion i don't want it and i've never even worn it they they send it to charity shops and then people like me turn up and we don't care about what's the fashion all i'm thinking is wow brand new levi jeans thank you very much (laughs) you know that's
1: like, the, that's like the best feeling
2: ever exactly that's like jackpot it's like wow lottery it's like a jackpot
1: yeah <laughs> i also i would like to add uh, to sushi was uh what she's talking about these uh, donation parts so people when they buy stuff they think that you know once uh they've done wearing once or twice they can you know donate it to somebody or to a charity shop and feel good about themselves But let me tell you something, only 20% of the clothes end up to the charity shops and rest 70% or 80% of the clothes, you know, either they go back to the landfill or they have been pushed to the developing countries like India or Africa. So what happens when these clothes come to our country? They actually affect the textile economy of that country. So because people are buying those clothes they are easily available. So they don't go to a local, you know, a uh, local tailor or a local artist who's working, who's putting so much hard work into producing a uh, good clothing for you. So that really, then, that's why the handloom movement, if you notice that it has started in our country and a lot of Instagrammers are just posting for the handloom is basically to revive handloom and, you know, stop fast fast, fast, fashion because it's actually affecting our economy a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's really important to keep all the um these charity and donations and everything within your local local sector so instead of giving it to like taking your clothes what we do is we directly take the clothes to the shop where we want it to be displayed so you can go after a few days and you will see all the clothes I gave have been displayed um rather than i'm not talking about sending it to like Africa or India or something like that that's that's totally different we do that when there are crises and things and i have no clue what happens to those clothes uh because i actually can't do that because i don't believe that the things and goods actually reach where it's supposed to reach so i only take them to the second-hand shops locally and i think in India it would be really nice as Kamna said going to the tailors and getting clothes stitched because those people need our help as well. And um, just buying locally and not having to drive to massive supermarkets to get what you need. Um, But again, if you're going dairy free and stuff and you might not find it in your corner shop, then you will have to go further away. But it's all about reducing your footprint and reducing what you're doing. It's not about zero waste, it's about low waste. Right. Exactly.
1: I would like to add one more thing is that I know that sustainable living can be overwhelming in the beginning and you don't have to, you know, cut off everything from your life to live a sustainable lifestyle. It's uh, like I mentioned before that it's all about taking, you know, one step at a time. For example, let's talk about, you know, the bathroom and your toiletries. You're buying some stuff like the baby products for your child. I mean, you don't have to buy anything extra for yourself. When you know that this product is so safe for your child, it'll be safe for you as well. So why not reducing instead of, you know, becoming a zero zero product? Like you don't have to use anything. Instead, use the things that, you know, what you are using already. For example, if you're using a shampoo for your baby, you can use the same shampoo for yourself as well. So so the same soap or, you know, one family can consume one product. So it doesn't have to be like one shampoo for the mother, one shampoo for the father, one shampoo for the baby. So slowly and steadily, you know, you can first, you can just reduce to, and I think majority of uh, like people, they buy a lot of stuff, especially when the child comes into their life. Uh, so it's uh, I think, yeah, that's the best way. And that's how I started. I started reducing, I started from the washroom.
0: So we have okay. some fine tips and ideas here for uh, people who have been thinking about going more eco-friendly and making conscious choices for their life and their babies. And I think this uh, particular video will be a good place to start. So even if they make one change, like Tara said, even if she could uh, influence one mom to breastfeed exclusively or to use cloth diapers, her work is done so simple. Similarly, even if somebody makes one tiny little change from what they've heard today from the three of you I think we can call this a success yeah. thank you so much yeah. for taking thank the you. time out I know uh, sushi is in a totally different time zone and Kamna sleeps mm-hmm. early, so for all of us to make it at this time,
2: yeah, and I'm far actually from bedtime either because I go to bed quite early, so I three hours before I sleep now. I think wow. it's
0: first Kamna's yeah. bedtime, but now yeah, so yeah, it's it's a five five and a half hour time difference, right? So thank you so much for thank the- you Nikita. Sure sharing so much with thank us, you, thank and you so much. thank you for the goodies. If you like thank food, you. Yeah. I I you was so I <laughs> wanted to wear, <laughs> but <laughs> I got late okay. and everybody no, was no, ready. No, so I did not no, even no, do anything no, to like my face. No. I said, let's just get Until on time and start this thing. Next People next are waiting. So. Next one, yeah. thank you so much,
2: sarah for wearing the T-shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you.
2: Bye. Everyone, have a good night. It was lovely. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.